listening to the Straight Up Saints podcast. And what's up, Houdat Nation? Welcome back inside another edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. It's your host, Chris Rosvogel. Make sure to follow me on Twitter at Rosvogel Report and on Instagram at Straight Up Saints. Now, the Saints do end up winning their sixth straight game, a victory over the 49ers, 27 213. A lot to like about the game, but there's also a lot not to like about what happened on Sunday, and that's obviously the injury to not just Drew Brees, but several players on the New Orleans Saints. You saw Brees, Lattimore, Teron Armstead, Josh Hill, Traquan Smith, Malcolm Brown, Andrews Pete, and CJ Gardner Johnson. All of them got hurt. The good news is some of them are okay. Gardner Johnson told the media that he should be fine. Teron Armstead stayed in the in the game. Andrews Pete. Looked like he came back for a little bit. I don't think it's a serious injury for Pete, but we'll see. Traquan's a concern because that concussion looks serious. Josh Hill, it's definitely a concern because he's had multiple concussions in his career. Uh, Marshawn, it still leaves a little cloudy. No one really knows what's going on with that oblique injury. But the main story, the main headline, and obviously what we're going to have to talk about is Drew Brees' injury, how long he'll be out, what we know so far, um, and what the team will look like if Drew Brees does miss time. And it's unfortunate because growing up, you just know the one certainty you have with the Saints is Drew Brees is durable and he's going to play all 16 games. And unfortunately, Drew is reaching that age, obviously, at 41 years old, going to be 42 in January, that his body, when you take a huge hit, it all adds up. And they've been adding up. He's been taking hits for two decades now. And it's a concern. We don't know when he's going to come back, if he's back next week, if he's out for a month, if he's out for the season. No one knows. There's so much uncertainty with this that it really is unsettling. And it's hard to even celebrate the win, which you're happy about. The Saints are 7-2. and two. They're in a really tight race for the number one seed in the NFC, which is awesome. But without Drew, it obviously doesn't feel the same. So we'll talk about Drew Brees' injury in just a little bit. I'll get to that. First, I want to get to some positives because I know a lot of you guys are probably worried about the injury like myself, and it can weigh down on you. So let's talk about some positive things we saw from today's game for the Saints. And there was a good amount of them. And the first thing that I really liked, and it's been on display this whole season, this is a really, really resilient group of guys. The Saints start down, start off down 10-0. They look sloppy, anemic on offense, nothing going. And in the second quarter, they put up 17 points. They take a lead going into halftime. And the third quarter was sloppy. And even the fourth quarter was sloppy. But what I like to see in a game that can easily be a letdown game, like last year against the Falcons when the Saints were riding high and then everything collapsed out of the bye week, the Saints, this could have been a letdown game against a Niners team that got embarrassed by the Packers and the Saints team that was drinking the Kool-Aid after a win over the Bucks, And they didn't let that happen, which is super, super encouraging. And the defense played over 20 snaps in the first quarter, and yet they still had a dominant performance. That impresses the hell out of me to know that this defense is not only great in terms of condition, um, able to make the stops when they're called upon. And this defense was not good to start the season. They've been, they were struggling for the majority of it, but the last three weeks have been really, really encouraging. Nice outing versus the Bears. A dominant performance against the Bucks, and a really, really, really good outing against the 49ers. And there's a lot of players on the defense that really stood out. I mean, I know we, as a whole, you can applaud that unit, but Malcolm Jenkins, he looked great. C.J. Gardner-Johnson was fantastic this Sunday. Uh, Demario Davis was all over the field, and even David Onyemata, who played really well. I mean, Demario Davis had 12 tackles and a sack. Gardner-Johnson had eight tackles and a sack. Uh, you had Malcolm Jenkins with five tackles and an interception. And even Quan Alexander, the newest addition to the Saints, some really good speed from him. And he played so well, even in his first game with the Saints, that Anzalone only got one snap on defense. So what we're seeing is, if all goes well, Quan stays healthy, DeMario stays healthy, the Saints are not going to 
I don't want to say phase out Anzalone, but they have an improvement over Anzalone, which means Anzalone is your third linebacker, which for the first time in a while, the Saints are going to have depth at a position that they really haven't had depth at in a long time. So really, uh, really pleased with what I saw from Quan. But the four notables, like I said, Demario, Anyamata, Gardner-Johnson, and Malcolm Jenkins. But even the defensive line, I know the stats aren't there, but Davenport, once again, looked pretty damn good, in my opinion, in terms of his bull rush and getting after the quarterback. I thought Marcus Williams had, had some really good plays. He would have had another interception if he didn't drop um, a deep ball from C.J. Beathard. So I was pleased with his performance as well. Not a lot of... It wasn't one of those games where the Saints made stupid mistakes on defense. They were well... Um, they were focused. And, and the one thing that I noticed, too... In terms of penalties, nothing really stupid. They really had a, a, a Gardner-Johnson unnecessary roughness that shouldn't happen and a defensive pass interference on Janoris Jenkins, which was questionable. So I thought the Saints played a really sound football game on the defensive side, and that's something to applaud and be really encouraged about because think about it. We're talking about Drew Brees being hurt. Is he going to be out? What's he going to miss? Let's say Drew Brees misses four to five games. No one knows. I'm just speculating here. Let's say he misses that many games, and we don't know. We can hope that that's the worst case. Who, who knows at this point? You're going to need your defense to play well. So the fact that the defense is gaining confidence, and even when a guy like Marshawn Lattimore goes down and misses the second half, you have a guy like Patrick Robinson who steps in, gets a crucial pick to steal the game. The Saints have a lot of depth, especially defensively. And now they're playing to their talent level. You're going to need that to continue if you're going to win games without number nine. So that's really um, encouraging to see on that side. And how about Alvin Kamara? I'm at the point with, with, with him that we have to start talking about him in the MVP conversation. It should have happened before this week. It hasn't. But you look at the MVP conversation, everyone was talking about at, about Russell Wilson. His MVP campaign is kind of sinking at this point. He had a horrible game against the Rams. He already has 10 picks this year. I think it's fair to say Russell is out of the MVP conversation right now. Patrick Mahomes should absolutely be in it. Kyler Murray should be absolutely in it. And then it's Alvin Kamara. And I think with Kamara, it's, it's very simple. He's doing damage in the run game. He's doing damage in the receiving game. He's having touchdowns at an insane pace. And everything has improved from him. His leadership has even improved. Great showing right there when he goes out and he gets Gardner Johnson off the floor after his injury, kind of pats him on the back. Kamara has been great. And even today, when the Niners did a really good job bottling him up in the run game, only 15 rushing yards, he still finds the end zone three times and he had 83 receiving yards. And Jameis Winston relied on him a lot when he came in. And Kamara was able to handle the workload. So I'm really pleased with what I see from 41. I think he's an MVP candidate. I do not think he will win MVP because it's a quarterback award. And I think if Mahomes and Kyler keep it up, they should get it. But Kamara, at the very least, you got to give him offensive player of the year. The man's going to have over 2,000 scrimmage yards. He might even have 20 touchdowns at this rate. Who the hell knows? He's been that good. So you need to put him in the MVP conversation. So those are all the positives that I saw today. And one more I'll throw in there. How about Marquez Callaway coming with two fumble recoveries on special teams? They were kind of gifts, but hey, right place at the right time, you get rewarded. Callaway did the job on special teams. So enough of the positives. I know... We're trying to keep it positive, but let's talk about the Drew Brees injury because that's obviously a main um, storyline. That is going to be the talk of this week. We'll probably know more tomorrow. I'm sure either the MRI results or the x-ray results will come out. Um, The x-ray results are important. If the x-ray result comes out, it's not a broken rib, that's obviously a great sign. No one knows really what this injury is, and his his comments were kind of concerning in my opinion because when asked about it, he said, I wasn't going to be able to be effective, and that's why he didn't pay, play. He said it wasn't about pain. It was his body just couldn't do it, which is not a good sign. Then he says, I'm going to do everything I can to be as effective as possible next week. I think that's him saying he's going to try and be ready. I don't think he's actually going to be ready. If he does, that would be a miracle. He's 41. He's not 21. I just don't know if his body's going to be able to respond that quickly to the beating he's been taking. 
And then here's the interesting thing, and this was the most interesting comment he made from his press conference. And the fact that he did his press conference after suffering the injury is still impressive. Didn't know if we were going to see him, but he did it, and I commend the Saints PR staff for doing so. Asked if he was in serious pain, Drew Brees said, I wouldn't call it that. It's something that needs to be dealt with here and said it's probably not just one rib. It's a cumulative injury. That, for me, is the most concerning part because Drew's been dealing with a shoulder injury. Drew, he's getting older. Everything hurts. He says at this point in his age, you know, everything adds up. If his shoulder's bothering him and now his ribs bothering him and now Sean Payton mentioned potentially his back bothering him. I mean, that's three injuries for a 41-year-old quarterback who's going to be 42 in two months. I mean, let's be realistic. He's going to miss time, guys. Even if it's a week, he's going to miss time. And people will say that I'm being dramatic or that I'm overreacting. I think it's safe to say that Drew's going to miss time. I just can't see at this age with everything adding up. With his body language during his press conference, his body language is off. He was basically pacing. He did not look comfortable. He he looked like uh, there was a ton of frustration on his face. And you understand why. This is probably his last season. He doesn't want to go out this way with an injury. That'd be terrible. So you understand the frustration. So he's going to miss time. Let's just say what it is. That's a fact. How much time he misses is going to decide this season for the Saints. If he can come back in December, and right now it's November 15th. So two weeks, I don't know. That, that's If he can come back mid-December, the Saints can still get to where they want to go. And I found this funny because I tweeted about it, and some people had pushback, and they laugh every time people have pushback on this subject because it just shows how delusional some people are with this. The Saints don't get to where they want to go this year without Drew Brees. I think it's funny that people think that's not a true statement. It absolutely is a true statement. The Saints are still a good football team, even without Drew Brees. I think if Jameis Winston starts four games, I bet the Saints win two to three of them, stay on top of things, stay on top of the NFC South, and who knows, maybe they play a four-game stretch, they lose one of those. They are, what is that, 10-3 and three in a four-game stretch if they go 3-1. and 10-3 is a really good record. You're going to make the playoffs, and that's that's all good. But you are not going to get to a Super Bowl. You are not going to win a Super Bowl with Jameis Winston this season. If people will argue that, I'd like them to just stop. It's not going to happen. And a lot of people say, oh, well, why are you not having faith? It's not about having faith. And here's the difference. And this is why this injury is so much different than last year. It's all about timing. Is the injury different in terms of like where it is on Drew Brees? Yeah, obviously. I mean, this is a rib slash shoulder injury compared to last year was a, a thumb injury. The timing last year was different though. And yeah, we didn't know what was going to go on. No one knew that Teddy was going to go 5-0 and basically just cruise through that stretch without Drew. But it was the beginning of the year, so there was comfort in knowing Drew's going to come back. We are we don't know what's going to happen right now. Maybe Drew only misses a week. Maybe Drew somehow plays Sunday. Maybe Drew misses two weeks, three weeks, whatever it might be. You don't know. And then to make it worse, it's towards the end of the year. We're in the second half of the season. There's only seven games left. At some point, you start to press. And... If Drew misses, let's say he misses four games, he would have three games to kind of like tune himself up for the playoffs. And that's if he stays healthy in those three games. And even then, you're not even sure if you're going to get that bye week because now there's only one seed that gets it, which screws the Saints. Because with Jameis Winston, I still think you're playing for a bye week. I I do feel that way. With Jameis, I think you're playing for a playoff spot. I just think the Packers get the bye week. With Jameis, with two bye weeks, I still think you get that second bye week. That luxury is no longer here. The Saints could obviously use that extra rest for Drew would be crucial right now. The bye week's over. They don't have that, so that obviously hurts them. And this was when the Saints were supposed to get healthy. They were getting healthy. This was the healthiest they've been all season, and it all comes crashing down. And I know Drew's tough mentally, physically. I know he's going to push and try to get back as soon as possible. No one knows when it is, but it's deflating. It absolutely is deflating. 
you can tell from his body language he's upset. We're all upset too. And this is his farewell tour. At least it seems like it. If he goes out because of an injury, it'd be the worst way to end what has been one of the best careers in football history. And I know that we don't want to think about that, but it's it's something to consider. I mean, the guy is 41 years old. I got some people telling me, oh, he's going to be fine by next week. He's not going to be fine by next week. I mean, when he's telling you his body cannot do it, that's an issue. That's a big problem. And I think it's it's really concerning. Now, a lot of you asked on Twitter, so I'll get to the questions. Let's talk about what the Saints could do in Drew Brees' absence because that's obviously something to discuss. So the first question I want to talk about on Twitter Let's talk about it. Defense looked great after those early miscues. Could be something to build on there, but it might not matter if Drew can't go for an extended period of time. Panic meter on Breeze. So look, if it's out of a 10, I'm at a 9 right now. Fitting enough. 9 for number 9. I'm I'm panicking because I don't know when he's going to get back, guys. There's 7 games left, and everyone says stop overreacting. This is not week 2. You can't just sit him and hope he's going to come back and they're going to be fine. They'll have a whole second half of the season to work it out. This is week 10. Week 10. So I am at a nine in terms of panic meter just because I don't know what the injury is. If we had more clarity on it, it would be so much easier, but we don't. And that really, really hurts. It does. Now, I will say this. What you mentioned about the defense, absolutely true. They've been encouraging. I like what I've seen. And if the Saints are going to somehow continue winning in Drew Brees' absence, they're going to need to do what they did back with Teddy. Play really good defense, play conservative football, and, and just do what you can do to have a complete team win. doesn't have to all ride on your offense. Just have a complete game. So, let's get to the next question. Is Jameis a nightmare? No. I mean, look, I said some things about Jameis in terms of how he looked. I didn't think he looked good, but Teddy Bridgewater didn't look good in his first, I guess, not going to say start, but when he came in for relief duty for Drew Brees last year, Teddy did not look good. And then when you build a game plan around your quarterback, they look much better, which is good. So, I think Jameis will be better this week if he plays against the Falcons. We won't know. I'll have a preview uh, podcast later this week. But I'm not going to say, no, Jameis is not a nightmare. You would be so lucky if your starting quarterback goes down and Jameis is your backup. I mean, you can have a situation where, let's say Russell Wilson goes down. I mean, Geno Smith's their starting quarterback. Like, you can do much, much, much worse than Jameis Winston. Much worse. I, I need to stress that. So, no, Jameis is not a nightmare. How well should we be aware of a close game against the Falcons next week? Last year, we suffered an upset loss against them. Look, I think this is interesting. So, the Falcons last year upset the Saints. Divisional games are always going to be close. Like, I, I do think it's funny that people are like, hey, well, you know, they're bad. We should blow them out. It doesn't work that way. Division opponents know each other so well. Um, I will say this, though. I think the intensity will be a lot better than last year. I think the Saints were riding high. They were feeling good. They are on a huge win streak. And then they come out of the bye a little bit flat. And the Falcons needed a win just to, like, just stop all the talk about, about Dan Quinn getting fired. Um, now, this time around... The letdown game, I think, could have happened today more so than next week. And I don't think it'd be a letdown if the Saints, without Drew Brees, lose to the Falcons. It would just be you lost to the divisional opponent without your starting quarterback. It happens. Um, but I do think that the Saints will be in a close one with the Falcons. I'll talk about that next week when it happens. But I do think it'll be a close game. I get Kamara's the best all-around running back in the game. But are you surprised to see Murray not getting that much work? All right, so that was interesting. Latavius Murray kind of got phased out of the game plan today. I thought that was really, really interesting. He had only nine carries for 57 yards. I'm a big Latavius Murray fan. I will always vouch for the guy. I think he's a really hard-nosed runner. Um, doesn't really have any moves in his arsenal. He just runs straight. I mean, his vision's not great. His cutting's not great. But he runs hard. And he's a tough dude, and he's hard to bring down. Um, I think it was just a weird game. I wouldn't look into this much. Latavius has been getting really solid uses this whole season. And I bet with Drew Brees out now, if he is out, of course, I think Latavius' usage will go back to what we're used to seeing. I, I think this was just an outlier game. It was really weird. The Saints started off down 10-0. I 
They had to throw a lot in the first half. Then Drew Brees goes out. All of a sudden with Jameis, it's kind of like just ride Kamara uh, to victory because with Kamara, you know how good he is, and, and that's going to be the guy that's going to take you home in a game like this. But I think Murray's usage will definitely go up. Ruiz spacing issues and playing space, uh, playing small in space. Let's discuss. All right, yeah, so we got to talk about Cesar Ruiz. This, this is really interesting. I'm, I'm glad you brought that up. So Cesar Ruiz, first-round pick, obviously, from Michigan, talented kid. He's not having a great rookie season. I'm putting it very nicely. And I think what we need to do before we completely fly off the, you know, fly off the handle and say he's not good, he's a bust, whatever, which would be stupid to say, we have to understand there was no rookie minicamp, there's no preseason, no OTAs, and he changed his position. I, I think that's like literally all I can say to just explain why he's struggling. Um, now, I do think that his struggles are are worthy of him getting benched if Pete and Easton are both healthy. So if Pete and Easton are good, you got to play them in my opinion. But he's in a whole new position, and he's not used to it. I mean, Cesar Ruiz was the best center in high school from his class. He was the best center in college from his class. And now he gets to the NFL where the talent level is better, and they're like, hey, buddy, go to right guard. And I get it because McCoy has been amazing. So it's like you can't really move McCoy when McCoy isn't a stud in his position. I think it would be dumb. I, I think... McCoy is so elite at center, I don't know that you move him. I think you keep him there. And even if you did move him, you wait till next year to make that switch when you have a full offseason. So with Ruiz, it's not having a full offseason, no preseason, no OTAs. You didn't get that that, that full uh, ramp-up period. And you changed your position at the highest level. It's not like you changed it in college. You changed it in the NFL. So I think he's learning on the fly and he's struggling. It's obviously a concern. Um, but look, I, I think that's why he's not playing that well. Assuming Breeze will miss some time, how comfortable are you with Jameis and, and uh, Taysom moving forward? I mean, I'm, as, I'm, as ba- I'm about as comfortable as you can be with the backup situation. I think the Saints, the one thing they have is quarterback depth, which is good. The only thing that really stinks about Drew going down is I don't think you're going to be able to use Taysom as much as you want to unless you do what you did today, where Taysom was in those short yard situations. But remember, when Drew went down, Taysom's usage was not that high last year. It was a lot of Teddy, and that was it. I do wonder if the Saints switch it up. I'm not so sure. I think today was a mix because they were just trying to get through that game with a win because it was an obviously very winnable game. But I, I'm, I'm comfortable enough. I'm comfortable. I'm not as comfortable with Jameis as I was with Teddy because unlike you guys, I was super high on Teddy from the start because I know what Teddy is. Teddy's very, very safe with the football. He doesn't make mistakes. Jameis is, he's a fucking experience. I, I, and I mean this in a good way and in a bad way. Jameis is going to be a wild ride on Sunday because he's going to have some good plays and then he's going to have some boneheaded decisions. I mean, today against the Niners, he threw a pass into triple coverage. Michael Thomas wasn't even open. Like he just, his mind just said, yep, I'm throwing this to Michael Thomas. I don't give a shit. And Drew does the same thing sometimes. I get that, but you're a little bit more lenient with a Hall of Famer. And I still think Jameis is young enough to turn this around. I don't think he's going to play bad football. But Jameis doesn't necessarily play good football. He just plays backyard football, and that can cost you games. So with Teddy, you knew if the defense played well and the special teams was okay, you're not going to lose a football game with Teddy because he's so safe with the football and he makes the plays that are there. With Jameis, you you can I think with Jameis, you can rely on him more than a Teddy. If things are not going well, I think Jameis has a higher ceiling, no doubt. He's got a better arm. But with Jameis, things can get rocky. So I really want to see what happens. If the defense plays well, Jameis has to take the checkdowns, which he did today, which was super encouraging. Um, but it's also hard to get a read on Jameis because Jameis spent last season with a coach whose mentality is no risk it, no biscuit. And Jameis said, okay, that's fine. I'm throwing the ball deep every play. And it resulted in 30 picks. So with Sean, take the checkdowns that are there. Completions are good. I remember Breeze told Bridgewater that and stuck with him. Completions are good. Jameis, completions are good. Listen to it. Do it. 
It's that simple. I think if Jameis just plays smart football, probably a big if, but if he plays smart football, I think the Saints are going to be in a really good spot. But either way, I, I am comfortable with the backup situation. This is not Luke McCown. This is not Chase Daniel. This is Jameis Winston. This is a guy who was a former number one pick for a reason. And I think what's really interesting, and sorry to go on a, on a, tan, a tangent here with this one, but this is the last Twitter question, so I figured I'll go on a tangent with it and leak into my what happens with Jameis Winston. This is the final shot for Jameis Winston, guys. Like, this is it. And I said the same thing about Bridgewater. I think that's why it's so important, why I'm actually like, I don't lose the faith in the team as a playoff team. I lose the faith as a Super Bowl team. That's a whole different discussion. I'm not even going to get into that. Jameis, this is it, guys. This is it for him. If he plays well, he's going to sign a contract next year with someone. If he plays well, he will sign a decent contract. If he doesn't play well, that's it, because who wants to touch him? If Jameis plays well at his age, he's going to get another shot in this league. Because people forget, I mean, Jameis is 26 years old. He will, he will absolutely, if he lights it up, if he plays four games, he plays really good in two of them and okay in the other two, he is going to get a decent contract for someone because he's 26 and teams are starving for quarterbacks. You see a team like the Colts, they're trotting out the corpse of Phillip Rivers and still winning games. Teams will absolutely sign Jameis Winston if he looks decent. And at 26, you just signed with, for minimal money with the Saints. You're, you are in a system that maximizes quarterback talent. Like, this is If you can't play well with John Payton, who are you going to play well with? Michael Thomas is back. Kamara is back. Obviously, we have to see what happens with Traquan Smith, but Emmanuel Sanders is there. Jared Cook, or whatever the hell's left of him, he's been bad the last two games. He's still there. Latavius Murray's there. Adam Troutman's there. Callaway's there. Harris is there. The Saints got weapons for days. If he cannot play well in this offense, that is it. It's good night for Jameis Winston. So I think that added pressure is a good thing. Because I said the same thing about Teddy last year. If Teddy didn't look good in those five games, I don't know if anyone wants to take Teddy because Teddy's been injured. That knee injury was a real issue. And at the end of the day, teams are like, hey, look, if you're not that good, you're just a conservative guy, I don't really know if I need you. But Teddy won those five games. He looked really, really good in two of them, the Bears and the Buccaneers game. And guess what? The man signed a nice contract with the Panthers this offseason. So for Jameis, he can do the same thing. And maybe that team that signs him in the Saints, who the hell knows? But he has a shot here. And that's why I am not going to be pessimistic about Jameis' chances as a Saints starter. I need to see Jameis continue to take the checkdowns that are there, though. Obviously, that's that's a different story. But no, I am not going to say that the Saints are screwed in the regular season with Jameis Winston. Playoffs, totally different story. We'll get we'll cross that bridge when we get there. Like I I, I want to make that clear. I'm not trying to jump the gun. We will cross that bridge if we have to get to that point where like Jameis is starting in a playoff game. But for now, in the regular season, with your next four games being the Falcons, Broncos, Falcons, Eagles, I believe. I am not going to start spamming the panic button on what Jameis can do in those four games because the Falcons are not a good team. The Broncos sure ain't a good team and the Eagles in the NFC East, they stink, okay? So yeah, let's say you split the Falcons game and win the Broncos and Eagles game, you're still a 10-3 and football team. Uh, that's pretty damn good. That's pretty damn good for me. So I, I think it's really interesting, um, but, but this is a situation that we're not going to know till tomorrow and that part really does stink because... If we had some clarity on Drew tonight, I think that would make everyone be able to sleep easier. Uh, I sure know I'm not going to be able to sleep. Like, it's going to be... Uh, tomorrow, everyone's just going to be sitting there scrolling up and down and uh, being able to find out the, the MRI results. So we're all going to be sitting there. But it's really interesting. I'm not going to say the Saints are screwed in the regular season. I'm just stating the obvious. They need Drew Brees if they're going to make a Super Bowl run. So we hope number nine's okay. 
at least for the playoffs. Um, wish him the best. Obviously, do not want to see his career go out like this. Like this, this man has given everything to the New Orleans Saints. You hope he could get just one more shot at a Super Bowl. I, I would rather them make the playoffs and them lose than his career go out like this. Like, let's be real. No one wants your, your career to end on an injury. Hope this wasn't the last we see Drew Brees. The guy's a tough dude, so I don't think it's going to be the last we see of him. But we'll see. We'll get the results on Monday. But that's going to do it for this edition of the Straight Up Saints podcast. Remember, guys, if you haven't already, make sure to rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast on Apple. Check out the Patreon page if you're interested. And also go to YouTube, type in Straight Up Saints. You can check out weekly videos. I'm going to put up one tomorrow and probably have a couple up uh, later this week, depending on what the Drew Brees situation is, what's going on with Jameis. Uh, But I'll have some good stuff for you guys there. So try and enjoy the rest of your Sunday night. I know it's tough with the Drew Brees injury news, um, but we'll figure out more on Monday and then we'll assess from there. But that's going to do it. So thank you so much for listening, guys, and enjoy your upcoming Victory Monday.